0: Welcome back to a very special, Andrew says, every episode is very special, but this one's extra special, we've got the Key and Bexty live from the Netherlands, whereabouts are you at Kian, can you tell us?
1: I am east of Amsterdam, I can't pronounce a single town <laughs> in the country, so I'm not gonna uh, try, but yeah, just about two hours east of Amsterdam
0: right now. Key and Bexy, the countersignal.com is where you can find the stuff, of course. And tell everybody what you're doing there. There's their own version of a trucker rebellion going on. We know you're very busy. We've got you for a few minutes. Tractors blocking highways. I think boats are blocking ports. Tell us what's going on there.
1: Yeah, so there's uh, nationwide outrage after uh, the prime minister of this this country, uh, Um instituted a sweeping mandate to reduce nitrogen, um, pollution, which will reduce, uh, farm production. Uh, the nitrogen pollution, they want to cut in half by 2030, which will destroy tens of thousands of good farming jobs in this country. Uh, small farms will have to pack up and move to a different country if they want to stay in operation at all, which is obviously very difficult for a farm. Uh, so these farmers have taken to the streets, the roads, and grocery distribution centers to blockade everything that they can to show people what it will look like when they're not in operation anymore.
0: So those images I saw of the empty grocery stores, those are because of, because of the blockades that are going on right now?
1: Yes. Uh, they're, uh, the blockades are, are slowly being ripped down and broken up by the police officers here in this country. Um, But over the past two or three days, um, blockades at the border and at distribution centers have caused grocery stores to run out of stock in many places.
0: Have you gotten a chance to speak to any of the protesters yet? And what are they saying?
1: Um, So far, uh, I'm... Yet I've yet to speak with someone in person who can speak English. Um, the ones that I have been speaking to online have slowly disappeared over time. Uh, over the last couple hours, um, six, to, six to ten hours, they have just gone dark. And I'm not sure exactly why that is, if they've been arrested by the police or what. I hopefully will get an answer on that soon. Um, but the police have made a lot of arrests over the last little while here. So uh, once they get bailed out and are able to speak to the media again, we'll see exactly what happened.
0: Keen, as you're aware and as you covered, we saw a lot of this commercial stoppages in Canada earlier this year, COOT and the Ontario-Michigan border, um, or New York border, excuse me. And do you? Th- what's your opinion on this? Do you think that at some point the citizens have to step up and say enough, or do you think that you know, blocking a border, for example, or blocking these commercial motorways is unnecessary? Do you think people should be hitting the voting booths instead to make sure that their politicians don't institute things that, you know, put in these carbon initiatives? How do you feel about that position?
1: I'm not going to say what they, they should or shouldn't do. I'm just here to share their story uh, fairly because mainstream media isn't doing that. You, you know as well as I do. They didn't do it for the Canadians and they're not doing it for these farmers either. Uh, What I do see is a very similar sentiment between those protesters and these protesters. They're saying very similar things. They're frustrated with uh, globalist policy that's been dictated by the World Economic Forum by Klaus Schwab. They're frustrated by these liberal elites from the big cities deciding uh, how they can manage their business, if they're even allowed to do business. As you remember, the convoy uh, in Canada, they were being shut down. They were told they had to uh, turn off, turn turn the keys off, and step away from their trucks if they were unvaccinated. And the same thing is happening here. You you'll you'll remember. Uh, I think it was um, maybe it was Ezra actually they, that was saying. You know, right now it was vaccine mandates. Soon it's going to be climate mandates, and that's exactly what's happening here. It's climate mandates. They say they need to reduce nitrogen pollution by a certain amount. So. You're allowed to farm, you're allowed to farm, but not you, not you, not you, not you. And those people are really frustrated by that, obviously. These are generational farms, farms that have been operating since before World War I uh, for for generations and generations. And this liberal, uh, globalist prime minister root is saying, nope, time to pack it in. Uh, You're done. And that's not acceptable
0: to a lot of these people. Keen, I think you're the first guy there in any of the real, like, Western media. What made you decide to to jump on this and go so quickly? Much like we sent Avi Amini and Louis Brackpool to Switzerland, did you just sort of feel like this was going to be a thing where people weren't going to cover it properly or honestly in the mainstream media, so you thought, I better get there quickly before anybody else, you know, puts another, like, basically controls the narrative sort of thing and that way you can get the truth out before people have a chance to do that
1: yeah i had uh, i had put out a tweet showing their border blockades and uh i didn't really think much of it tweeted it out went to sleep woke up the next morning and it had exploded it was retweeted like twenty thousand times and i was like what what is this I, I had hardly even heard about it uh until i tweeted about it but i saw that there was this huge amount of interest in the story and all the replies were like, "Thank you for sharing this. We didn't know this was happening. The mainstream media didn't tell us that this was happening. Uh, the CBC's not here. The BBC's yeah. not here. They're leaving it to a corrupt local media to uh, to shut down these farmers, to label them as extremists. Uh, but it's not extreme to want to keep your farm. It's not extreme to want to keep a job. So, you know, when I saw that response, I knew, you know, a good story for us." Uh, there's a few parts to it, but the main part of it is that people are desperately interested to know what's going on, and the second part is the mainstream media is purposefully ignoring it or maliciously lying about that, and uh, everything sort of crossed over perfectly here. So that's why I decided to come out. It was it was tough to get here. Um, you need to be vaccinated and boosted to get into this country, but luckily the Canadian embassy saw fit to grant me. Uh, it's a uh, weird diplomatic document but they they granted me access to the country to do this journalism which i appreciate i don't think justin trudeau would have done that for right. other people during the the freedom convoy but i guess that's the one positive that i've seen from this government so far
0: now do you predict anything when you come back to canada you were notoriously put in the the covid hotels upon your return here from a, a reporting trip do you predict any trouble given to you And follow-up question to that, and then I'll let you go. Have you thought about leaving Canada yet? I know there's a lot of people who are doing reporting a lot of... Or sorry, doing a lot of reporting around the world who are going and visiting to cover stories places and they don't want to come back to Canada because, you know, we still have all these rules in place even this far down the line. We're up there with, like, China and and North Korea and such, and it's going to at least September still. Have you thought about any of that? Do you think anything's going to happen when you come back? Or have you thought about, you know... Becoming this person who reports abroad permanently.
1: You know, I don't want to leave. I would leave Canada, but I wouldn't want to leave Alberta. Um, It's it's too nice of a place. I mean, the Netherlands, great. It was nice getting off their Canada flight because even while we were in the airport, nobody was wearing a mask. Um, Planes leaving, planes coming, nobody's wearing a mask. The only people that are wearing a mask, uh, and they look like a bunch of just government I, I, I should, probably shouldn't swear on this program. <laughs> you can they, swear. They, they uh, you know, there's Canadians get off planes and they're wearing masks. They look like a bunch of idiots. You know, nobody's wearing them anymore because they know that they're not effective. Not in airports, not in planes, mm-hmm. unless you're Canadian on an Air Canada or, or WestJet flight. So, you know, it's embarrassing, really. But, uh, you know, I think Alberta has a lot a lot worth... Uh, Alberta's a great place. I wouldn't want to leave it. I might leave every now and then to cover things like this, but I'm not going to
0: all right key and bexy the countersignal.com you're really killing it out there good sir um i applaud you i think everybody's noticed that your journalistic instinct on this one is correct and you're going to be leading the story and uh just like things that happened in ottawa and coots and windsor and stuff everybody's got to spearhead it just like it happens in in the u.s for these riots and everything and i think you'll do a great job doing it thanks for joining us key and anything else you want to say I'd be remiss if I didn't mention where people could see the coverage.
1: It is at the countersignal.com, but you could also go to dutchuprising.com to check out. It's just a breakdown of all the stories that we've put out while I'm here. So uh, it be great to go check that out, and uh, let's stay in touch.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Key, and have a good one. Stay safe, okay? Joining me now, writer extraordinary Ian Miles Chong. And comedian, this guy's so funny, Casey Rocket, who I think is from Texas, or are you from somewhere else? And when I saw you, you were in Texas.
2: Uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, I'm from Atlanta. So, yeah. How would you describe yourself,
0: Casey, as a comedian? Very spastic, um, energetic.
2: Uh huh. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah energetic
0: we'll throw up some energy yeah Yeah, i just i don't know so it's on this show for those who don't know called kill tony it's a podcast where they have stand-up comedians come up and do a minute and casey is known around there and he was just so like some people you fast forward through other people you watch only uh some parts of them but it's just so funny, just so wild up there. And I want to get into, I want to bring them on just to get them into the ecosystem of, you know, hard hitting politics. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first thing I want to talk to you guys about was we're seeing a lot of stuff right now um, that I want to mention from female celebrities starting to talk about how, you know, how there's a lot of issues around transgender things and how uh, they, they're they kind of tired of this whole um idea that their spaces can be taken. Usually athletics is what comes up first. And I wrote down Bette Midler was one, and she's usually, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit out there. And now even she's saying that you, you you can't be taking away women's spaces. You had this uh, form. People probably don't remember Macy Gray, but maybe they do. She was on Piers Morgan talking about how you can't just get surgeries and become a woman. It's a whole experience. Ian, I'll start with you. Do you think this is a whole, like, do you think this is going to snowball or do you think this is just people getting the the voices they want out there to be elevated in this, you know, sort of argument? Or do you think we're sort of seeing a trend in this direction?
3: Who wants to go first? Ah, I guess I should go first since the camera's on me. <laughs> well, I think that people are finally standing up. They're seeing other people do it. Obviously, you know, you have people like Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro uh, and us, obviously uh coming out and, uh talking about these things and you know for the longest time maybe for years now we've been uh, slandered defamed as transphobes as bigots because we were not uh, you know fully embracing the uh the, the pluses in the lgbtq plus <laughs> ideology right uh, now you know it, it's quite clear that women's spaces are being invaded and you know it's 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 all well and good to say that women need empowerment and certainly they do there's been a glass ceiling for the longest time for decades maybe even centuries and no one's going to deny that you know up until say the 21st century women have taken a back seat when it comes to well literally everything right i mean women's achievements have been marginalized in science in education and so on now you know if, if finally getting that recognition and despite the advances that have been made. Uh, You you know, it's like the activists and I'm not talking about, you know, suffragettes or or feminists in the 1960s or the 50s, but rather the activists nowadays have sort of run out of things to uh, to promote. So they're promoting. Uh, Transgenderism—they're promoting this drag queen story hour stuff—and you know they're promoting BDSM and kink as sort of uh, lifestyles and identities, and they're pushing the boundaries to the point where it's making a lot of uh, people in the center, right? People in the center left—it's becoming very uncomfortable for them because you're seeing what's happening to people like, say, J.K. Rowling, who was pro- probably one of the largest names, the biggest names, to speak out against this, and she's being attacked left and right. She's faced death threats. I mean, this past week alone, somebody threatened to send her a pipe bomb. Uh, put her address online, encouraging other people to do so. And they're tired of it. They're speaking up and they're speaking out. And it's good to see more women doing this, especially high-profile names like Macy Gray. You know, I mean, she used to be big once upon a time. But we're seeing more and more as even Bette Midler, of all people, came out this weekend to condemn this uh, erasure of women. I mean, you don't see men being referred to as uh, penis havers or ejaculators, right? I mean, there's no funny uh, term for men, right? Men are just called men, whereas women are called things like uterus havers or, or uh, baby-making machines. I mean, you might as well just call them baby-making machines at this one. It's misogynistic. And yet, that is somehow the politically correct way to define a woman when I mean, you have like politicians like Elizabeth Warren and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying women and uterus havers. It's like, what are you doing? You know, they're, they're, Stop calling them that. They're just women. Just women. Just keep it simple.
0: Casey, do you think there's a pressure in entertainment industry to sort of go with whatever is the majority opinion basically on mainstream news and social media and everything? Or do you think there's more of a leniency now to people who just want to have their own opinion, no matter how wild that may be?
2: Um... Uh a pressure in, in what sense to be like politically correct? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Uh yeah, in some ways, but in you know, in stand-up and things like that, it's sort of its own little little bubble, you know. I mean, as far as like there's a lot of things that just don't really leak into the into the stand-up world. You know, I think it's one of the last places where people kind of don't really worry about the things that they're saying as much. I think uh, PC culture and things like that don't really affect stand-up as, as much as people think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, man, if I'm really the right person to be asking about any of this. I kind of just go on stage and talk about drinking Robitussin and stuff. So I'm, <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how well-versed I am in any of this. This is why you're shit. here.
0: To make me seem funnier, <laughs> to make my program seem funnier. Um, do you? Does any of that? I guess you kind of answered it, but does any of that stuff sort of like leak into people? And I know it happens in here, here in Toronto. Maybe it doesn't happen as much in Georgia and Texas. Uh, the comedians I talk to here say it happens, where it sort of leaks in, where people don't want you to tell jokes about certain things. But if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying it. It doesn't really take an effect on comedians in, in your area, at least, where you feel pressured to not tell jokes about certain
2: things? Oh, it's not. Uh, Texas is really, really weird. Texas is, a yeah, the comedians really don't care. <laughs> but, uh, in other parts of the country. So I lived in Boise, Idaho for a while. And you'd think uh, Idaho is a really... You, uh, you would think it was a liberal place, but it's really, really conservative. So in that place, yeah, there was a lot of things you couldn't joke about, um, a lot of things. But in Texas, you'd be shocked with some of the people talk about uh, any given open mic. It's like a free-for-all. So it really – there's certain areas where that happens. Seattle is really conservative as far as material you can talk about and you'll get like blacklisted if you talk about certain things, but not in Texas. No, we all talk about, you know, whatever, man, Freaking putting Vicodin in your deck hold it. It's a good time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you live That's, in Texas yeah. now? Yeah.
0: And did you, yeah, move- I
2: live in Austin. Yeah. I've lived all over the place.
0: Did you move out there for the whole comedian
2: boom or were you already there? No, I moved out here for the boom. I lived in my car for a while. I I uh <laughs> I lived in a, I was in Idaho, so I'm from Georgia. And I moved out here like a year ago. Uh, yeah, for the whole boom uh, with Joe Rogan's club and everything, which hasn't opened yet. But yeah, there's just a lot of comics moved out here and stuff like that. It's it's like the wild west right now. It's a, a free for all out here. It's really fun. A lot of crazy stuff going on. But uh yeah, I think most people, if they spend a couple of days at open mics, they would be shocked that uh, the PC culture really doesn't. That whole argument really is not hardly affecting anything right now. Well, I'm glad yeah. to hear
3: it. Um, it's not true in New York City where, you know, if you make jokes like that or even in Miami. I know a couple of uh, comedians in Miami like Esther Koo. You should have her on the show, by the way. Uh, they can get canceled. They can literally get canceled for talking about trans issues. If they talk about, you know, uh, the former, the actress uh, formerly known as Ellen Page, who is now Elliot Page, if you t- make a joke about Elliot Page, then you're screwed. You know, I mean, all they have to do is post uh, some of your material on social media, and you're getting blacklisted from the clubs. And it's, it's that bad in some places, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, Dave Rubin or Jordan Peterson got suspended from Twitter for referring to Ellen Page is Elliot Page, and then Dave Rubin got suspended for saying that Jordan Peterson got suspended, even though he didn't mention the name Elliot Page. We're dead naming here. This is a very serious offense on Twitter, I think. Uh, as bad as genocide. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ian, I I thought we were getting away from this with the whole Elon thing. I thought things were supposed to be getting better
3: on Twitter. I mean he hasn't taken the company over yet for the first uh you know first month i would say i definitely saw huge growth uh on my platform a lot of people did i think when twitter started uh you know uh, scaling back on its moderation policies but i see that twitter's back to its old you know its old roots and it's started banning people again suspending people again for just uh minor infractions and so you know it's kind of hard to tell what's really going on at twitter i hope that the, uh, the deal has not fallen through. I hope that, you know, he like he has expressed that uh, he will be going through with it. It's just taking a lot of time. Right. So I think we're just going to have to wait and see what really happens. But for the time being now, it looks like Twitter is back to enforcing. It's very strict. Uh, well, I wouldn't say strict. right? It's very one sided. Uh, speech policies that prevent you from debt naming or misgendering. I mean, you can totally celebrate uh, sending a pipe bomb to J.K. Rowling. That's not going to get you banned. But the instant you debt name someone, that that's it for you. You know, your account is getting locked.
0: Casey, how much of an emphasis do, are, are comics using, or putting on social media these days? <laughs> I, don't, I don't see nearly. I don't see nearly as many on Twitter anymore. I mean, Ryan Long just got. Uh, deleted off of tiktok i believe and i don't think he puts anything worse out there than anybody else does is there do you still think there's a big reliance on social media to get your your act out there even if it's in these short clips like on instagram and stuff
2: oh yeah yeah it's it's a big thing yeah but comedy's in a weird place where there's no one way to to make it anymore you know it used to be like johnny carson uh things like that like if you get on late night you're good like you can make a career but now you kind of have to build your fans slowly one by one on social media so yeah it is a big platform so if you were to get taken off of it for doing something like uh, you know saying something bad, it would be highly detrimental to your to your career especially in the beginning so yeah yeah it's a big deal uh TikTok, things like that youtube youtube.com uh youtube.com <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah big youtube.com haven't, forget
3: that haven't heard of that one yet did you say babylon b got banned from uh tiktok unceremoniously no, not even given an explanation for why they were banned yeah they were banned a few like last week yeah last week
0: well speaking of uh, banning on banning i was reading earlier that uh, Spotify, of course, they had the whole Joe Rogan fiasco, and um, the the musicians, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and I believe uh, Neil Young separately, um, they all went off of it, but now they're back, they've, I guess not so silently, snuck back on. And what I wanted to ask you, Casey, is do you think that it's the place of these platforms to determine who and who shouldn't be on here, entertainment-wise? I mean, R. Kelly's never been kicked off Spotify, I want to point that out. Um, despite <laughs> everything over the years, but, uh, I see musicians, uh, having songs deleted and all these, obviously these musicians, um, and their legends. They want to see these platforms do something in their opinion, like kick off Joe Rogan was the demand. Essentially. Do you think it's the place of like Spotify and Twitter and Instagram to determine which entertainment is safe and which isn't?
2: No, absolutely not. But you know, Crosby stills in Nash fucking sucks. So you can take them off. Uh <laughs> just kidding they're, they're fine but yeah it's like lame boy music the sad boy music i'm just kidding i like it uh <laughs> uh yeah man whatever uh, yeah i definitely think that's a yeah that's an injustice what why did they take them off crosby still isn't that oh
0: they left because spotify didn't oh, Joe rogan
2: yes yes, yes, oh. yes. now they're and back then, what a bunch like, of cucks yeah bunch of beta cucks man unbelievable and Joni Mitchell left, too, right? Some other people have yeah. seen this happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird, man. I don't think that's the right response. I think also if people, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, I think it's a that's a stupid response, you know, freedom of speech and all that. Is that, that think, a David John Bowie poster? Yeah, David Bowie's hanging out back there, freaking chief in a damn big cigarette. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff in here. Scatman John's back there. You see a little Scatman?
0: <laughs> I um, love Scatman John. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Scatman John. Uh, I don't yeah. see it. Okay. Where is it? It's a bit, bit below his finger right, right there. there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see it now. That's a very <laughs> odd way to point, just below my <laughs> finger.
2: <laughs> I know. I was trying to figure out directionally on the camera how it was working. But. Casey, who yeah, do people
0: yeah. say that your act or your personality remind them of as we look at your torso? <laughs> uh
2: um i just fucking pat my belly man i don't know dude i hear a lot of a lot of things a lot of people say theo vaughn but i don't think i'm that close to theo vaughn i love, love no, theo there's, Vaughn. there's not um, twang in your voice yeah yeah i agree yeah i'm yeah I, I met him a couple months ago did a show with him He was really nice but yeah that eric andre people say eric andre um i like brody stevens a lot who was an la comic so i think i would be most like him but i don't know man i'm just trying to do my thing freaking talk about damn jar jar Banks. have fun with boys talk about scrappy Doo a little bit <laughs> what's the uh, jar jar Banks
0: joke is, unless that was just made
2: up right now uh most of the things i do don't really have a joke it's just me I'll talk about <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Let's <laughs> talk about Jar Jar. That's and, what we'll uh, put, we'll
0: put it on screen right now of Casey Rocket just running across the stage back and forth which was a lot of his <laughs> act which was hilarious, I'm not going to lie and that's why I'm such a big fan now. Ian, let's talk about let's transition qu- hard and quick to inflation. Um did you see this? <laughs> <on>? <laughs> <laughs> there it's guys, mean, Putin's price this.
3: hike, right? That's what they're calling it nowadays, Putin's price hike. I mean, apparently Putin's in charge of the U.S. economy. And not Biden. You know, Biden has uh, zero control over what happens. But Putin, oh yeah, is 100% in charge of the U.S. economy. Well, let yeah, sure, to bring talk up. about it.
0: What I wanted yeah. to bring up was this new uh, thing they're going to do in California is they're going to print more money to counter inflation, which doesn't make any sense to me. They're going to give people upwards of $1,050 a month as a countering to inflation. That's that is as simple as I think it is, as stupid as I think well, it is. Well, right? that's
3: not entirely correct because okay. California doesn't print its own money, right? Well, they yes, are, I know. Uh, yeah, the money comes from the Fed, which yes. obviously prints money. They got a money printing machine, and Jerome Powell is just crying blood as he prints more money that Biden asks him to. But yeah, like I mean, okay, just California alone, right? It's ha- it has a surplus in its budget because its taxes are so goddamn high. So. Uh, they tax people so much and then they're giving people back like a like a third of the taxes that they pay so that they can survive. I mean, why not just lower your taxes? That would easily end the problem there but somehow or other you know california likes having a a massive budget that likes having all that on the sheets and they get to seem like they're benevolent right that's what governor newsom likes to think of himself as he's the king and you're a bunch of peasants who should be grateful for his assistance and his support and this is easily i would say you know an example of how the democrats in particular try to normalize the um the nanny state essentially they're saying you depend on the government but we're going to take all of your money, all of your earnings, 50 percent. We're going to take all of it. And then we're going to give you 10 percent back. Aren't we good people? You know, <laughs> why don't you vote for us more? We're going to give you more money. Maybe next time you, you'll get 11 percent. And that's what California is doing. And obviously, it's not really going to help inflation, not on a nationwide level. I mean, the the problems with uh, inflation and supply chain shortages are systemic. This is largely because of Biden's own policies. I mean, what's the first thing he did when he Stepped into office, the first executive order that he signed, or at least one of the first ones, was to uh, end the, uh, the pipeline, right? The Keystone XL pipeline extension that was going to bridge Canada and America, and you know, uh, provide lots and lots and lots of oil. This is something that was done under Trump. You know, Obama before him suspended it, and Biden suspended it. And one of the campaign promises that he made, and I would say, I would argue that he has kept, was that Americans are not going to be able to drill anymore. Because he hates the oil industry. He is fully bought into this whole green energy transition, which, by the way, requires America to buy solar power panels from China using Chinese equipment and Chinese solar panels and Chinese oil, of course. But, you know, to hell of American industry. Right. So that's his policy. And. Obviously, like I said, the problem systemic with the supply chain shortages, there's a million different problems in all these different states, particularly California. The ports are uh, you know, clogged because of, uh, of pro-union rules. And, you know, it will take me hours to get into that. So I'll just say that the problem's definitely a, a local issue that's not being addressed. I mean, did you know that America doesn't really have a sort of a, a collective system that allows all these different ports and ships to communicate with each other? Like in other countries, say Turkey or the uh, Netherlands, which all rely on uh, freight travel, right, on, on, on port and on trading. They have like a, a, a centralized system that enables them to communicate their logistics. America doesn't have such a system. And instead of developing systems like that, they're not interested in doing any of that. And so now they're wondering, why is everything, you know, clogged? Why are there not enough workers? Is it anti-union rules or pro-union rules that are causing this? Definitely. You know, it's it's a, it's a blockading of Russian ships, which provide crude oil that is used by the American oil industry to refine oil. They don't have any access to that anymore. Instead of having to import it from China, which imports it from Russia. And it's like, you're making these countries richer while you're Bankrupting yourselves, and then you're putting more and more restrictions on Russia, and then saying it's Putin's fault that this is Putin's price hike. It's ridiculous. Nobody buys it. Nobody industry buys it. Jerome Powell doesn't buy it. But you know, Biden just goes on stage and he just keeps repeating the same lies over and over. And what did he do last weekend? He said that people who own these uh, 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 gas retailers, you know, like the gas stations, they need to reduce the prices. Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that they're making, you know, like very little on the margins when it comes to profit. Like it's a it's kind of a loss leader, really. I mean, most of the money that they make comes from selling groceries, from drinks, you know. It's not from the oil. So this ask is ridiculous. This guy, you know, he's just out of control. And watching uh, America's economy just go to hell like this, even though there's a million experts telling you, do the opposite of this. He's like, "No, we're going to stick to the green energy plan and we're going to keep blaming everybody but ourselves because our policies are going to work. Just trust it. Don't question it."
0: Casey, you're wearing a pearl necklace. How is the economy hitting you?
2: <laughs> well, uh, well, buddy, as you can see, times are good. I'm fucking I'm flourishing. I got a I got a damn treasure chest full of gold bouillon and uh, little little teeny tiny pearls. I prefer the small ones so I can eat them after I get tired of them. Um, <laughs> They slide right down your throat. As a counterpoint, I wanted to go ahead and show you this. This is a this is a picture. Um, my grandma made me a pillow, and it's me and my cousin Max. And uh, <laughs> uh, this I sleep with this on my bed every night. It's me and my pearls and uh, my cousin Max. He goes by Max Wax on SoundCloud. He's a great guy, and that's just that's that. I just want to show you that. <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> he's not dead or anything he's okay, alive it's just fair. me and him hanging out <laughs> all right um inflation is such a big it's so big this time of year um <laughs> I don't know I don't know well, we're gonna go with, I know I know 40 years, we're gonna we're gonna go
0: behind the <laughs> yeah. paywall that was just me throwing Casey to the wolves back to me Olivia <laughs> rebelnewsplus.com, everybody. We're going to go for one more segment behind the paywall with Casey Rocket and Ian Miles and Chong, all three of him. And we're going to talk about haters and hecklers in our one of our favorite segments. My favorite segments. We're going to talk about that. So rebelnewsplus.com, just $8 a month. You'll save two months. If you go for the full year, you get all the shows, including this one, and all the extra segments. See you there. Casey is heckling... I feel like it's it, it's not around as much. You used to see how much um, people would profit, quote-unquote, off YouTube videos of hecklers. Joe Rogan uh, made it famous for a while. Carlos Mencia, all that stuff that happened. I do see David Lucas putting up videos of hecklers a bit. But has it overall, since you've been in the game, gotten worse, gotten better? Are people learning their lesson about that they're going to be on YouTube if they're hecklers? Or does the drunk person in the audience
2: just not care? Yeah, I think it's a, uh, I think it's always been there. I think it's something that will always be there. I do think it is getting a little worse. But, you know, there's certain nights where you know there's going to be hecklers. If you're doing a late show, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, particularly Saturdays, like if you're doing a 10 p.m. or an 11 p.m. show, there's going to be people who shout shit out. Yeah, I don't think it's going the opposite way. I don't think people are being quieter. If anything, I think it's getting worse. Um, why do you think that is i i don't know i think people are i don't know they see it like in the news and they see it in videos and they think that it's something that happens so why not like why can't they do it um i i I, yeah they want to be a part of it and they think that yeah i've even i've seen some joe rogan shows like at Vulcan here in Austin, and he'll still, you know, sometimes people yell stuff at him, which is completely wild. That's such a wild thing to do. Yes, yeah, some woman, I never get heckled because I'm mostly just, you know, whatever, dude. I'm up there talking about Grimace and stuff. <laughs> Fucking Grimace looking sick yeah, as hell. Hold
0: on, let's pause there because that was one of the funniest, <laughs> one of the funniest, and we'll throw this clip up. I know we're just going to be throwing up a lot of his clips, but. Casey just has a picture of Grimace with him and I hope I'm not blowing up your set here but he just no, picked, you're good. C- carried around a picture of Grimace wasn't even going to mention it until it was brought up by the hosts <laughs> oh my god anyways you were saying
2: yeah I have a bunch of no that's the thing like I'm kind of I consider myself to be an absurdist so nobody ever shouts stuff at me cuz what would they even shout like there's no you know, I'm, too, I'm in my own little world. But yeah, lately, the past couple months, yeah, people, people will even heckle little old Casey Rocket with my freaking <laughs> stinky little nipples and my pictures of Grimbus. It's truly hitting home for me in ways I've never imagined. Truly <laughs> perfect. Ian, you'll
0: know better than me about Twitter, like morons. I feel like it's gotten lesser. Like there's not even people, anybody making any attempt at arguments anymore. I mean, oh, one yeah. per, one person today, I'll give you an example, set, tried to make fun of me by saying I'm not on basic cable, which there are no Canadian news channels on basic cable, and they thought that was an insult. Is it getting, same to you, basically, Ian, is it getting better or worse, the same? How do you feel about it? Because I know you get a lot of guff where I don't think that it's... I get necessary. a lot of haters.
3: Yeah, so I would say that, you know, a lot of people make the mistake of arguing with extremists, and if you go by uh the bayesian equation you know <laughs> why am i bringing up mathematics but yeah the bayesian equation Just stick with me here okay, okay. so it, it says something like you know 99 percent of time you're going to meet someone who's like in the middle right somebody you can have a, an argument with a discussion with that you can convince because they're not zero percent or hundred percent on any given situation and in those uh, conversations you can very easily have a normal conversation however there are people who are extremists who you know you cannot change their mind one way or another, like some people uh, completely oppose the idea of abortion, just zero percent abortion. And other people are saying 100 percent abortion. You should have uh, abortions at, you know, at elective, like elective abortions up to nine months. And there's no way to convince them otherwise. Don't have conversations with these people. It's pointless. You're not going to be uh, making any inroads. You're basically at that point. You're just speaking to a wall. You're you're speaking to them uh, for the purpose of being performative. And that's I feel like a lot of Twitter becomes that when you're quote tweeting someone that you know is hundred percent or zero percent on a certain issue uh say a political topic then you know for a fact that you can dunk on them completely and don't you won't feel any remorse for it because you know that they are not going to be convinced they're not interested in being convinced so you're just there to use them as a foil to make it to make your argument to your audience and that's what i do generally a lot of influencers i believe do that where they they take the most extreme possible um example and use that uh uh, that person as a foil to promote themselves. And I think that's good social media practice if you're an influencer. However, I won't say it's healthy. It's definitely not healthy with the discourse because by doing that, you're making it seem as if every single person on the other side is an extremist. And I feel like a lot of people do this. Uh, this is why social media in general, not just Twitter, not just Facebook, but also YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. We have a tendency, influencers have a tendency to do this because it's popular, it's sensationalistic, but it's not healthy. And that's why I feel like If anything, everything is just getting worse, just a lot worse. There's nothing healthy about it. And I feel like Twitter as a medium, which only allows for 280 characters previous, it's 140, which is even worse, only permits people to have these kinds of short form conversations where you are rewarded for being pithy. You're not rewarded for being uh, overly, you know, if you have to over explain everything, then you've lost. And Twitter does not reward you for having long form explanations. It rewards you for being smart, quick and witty. And it's, as a result of that, it's people having sword fights, insult sword fights, so to speak. So definitely getting worse in that regard. Although I will say uh, it's, it's comedy for a lot of people. It's definitely comedy for me. It's a clown world. Just logging on to Twitter and seeing the funniest takes, you know, people just burning each other left and right. It's, it's just funny to me. Yeah.
0: The wise words of Ian Miles Chong, Casey Rocket, final words to you. Let everybody know where to find you.
2: Um... <sighs> Uh, yeah, you can find you can find <laughs> me on uh, – <laughs> I just wanted to slip into something a little more comfortable. Uh, you can find me on uh, Patreon.com uh, uh, backslash Casey Rocket. I have a bunch of fun stand-up videos on there and Instagram, Casey Rocket, and YouTube.
0: All right, thanks Casey for Rocket. joining us. Yeah, so e- M- just Casey Rocket. Thanks okay. for having me. Ian Miles Chong, still gray on everything, I believe. Catch him on Rebel News. Catch him on all tons of websites and Twitter extraordinary. Full screen on Casey, please, before we go. Let's give you 30 seconds to do whatever you want, Casey, before
2: we get out of here. This is one of my favorite gourds that I have in my entire room. As as many of you know, I have two gourds. And I keep this gourd by my bed because it has a little bit of black mold on it. So I feel like it's making me stronger (laughs) building anti And... This is an empty uh, thing of garlic salt. I keep by my bed too. keep away vampire. They cannot tell this. They can't stand the smell of vampire. This is one of my favorite movies from *Dust Till Dawn*. Also about oh, vampire. Oh, I love that movie. By the way, that movie's about feet. I love it too. I have a big poster. <laughs> um, and and lastly, just be be kind to each other, guys. Just be nice to one another. I, lo- I love you. Have a good night. I love you guys. All right, thanks, Casey. Thanks, Ian.
3: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Andrew says, "Everybody, never a dull moment with the gourds." Dust till dawn, too. Not very good. All right, no, it's guys. not
3: as bad.